Okay, good morning, Boker Tov, to all. Please help yourself to some coffee and Entenmann's donuts. <laughs> I want to thank our sponsors of our 10 Minutes of Meaning for the year, Chani and Lenny Grunstein, in memory of Chani's father, Mr. Aaron Tambor, Aaron Ben Yitzchak, whose neshama should have an aliyah. We're in the ninth chapter of Mesil Sashem that Amchal has been describing to us what are the obstacles and impediments, what will be the challenges to living that life of Zerizos. First, he defined for us why we should live a life of alacrity and zeal and enthusiasm and energy. Wake up in the morning with plans and goals and resolutions. Go to sleep at night feeling proud, fulfilled, and satisfied by the achievements and accomplishments of the day. We achieve all that with Zerizos. And it's critically important to know that there's a fundamental difference between Zerizos and Mihirus. Alacrity, zeal, Zerizos, and Mihirus means running quickly, swiftly. Being a Zariz, having Zerizos, doesn't mean moving fast. A person who is uh, slow, an older person, an injured person, a person who's not able to move quickly, can still act with great Zerizos. It's not the same thing. Mihirus, being quick, being fast, is describing a physical exercise, physical movement. Zerizos is an internal attitude. It's a mentality. The way we jump out of bed in the morning, the way we run to respond to opportunities. It means being proactive and taking responsibility to fulfill our goals. Those are two altogether separate things. Zerizos, the Ramchal has described for us, as do countless others, is the key to success in life because you could have all the greatest plans. You could have all the dreams. You could have the greatest picture or image of your best life, your best self. But if you can't get yourself going, if there's no internal fire, if there's no drive, if there's nothing kick-starting those efforts, then you'll constantly underachieve. If we want to achieve or even overachieve, you know, we the Jewish people have always historically been known as overachievers. And in some communities, we're only overachievers when it comes to, uh, when it comes to school, when it comes to work, when it comes to finances. We want the best, we want the most, we want the biggest, we want the next the latest version of technology or software, the latest version of a car, the biggest uh, job or the greatest portfolio. We're overachievers when it comes to the world of Gashmi, it's the physical world, and yet, sadly, too many are underachievers in the spiritual world, selling ourselves short of who we could be and how we could behave and the difference that we could make and the lives that we could live. And if we'd apply that same standard, if we'd live with that same sense of Zerizus, if we'd identify those same goals and have that same drive in learning, in davening, in midos, in our character, in our interpersonal relationships, in how we own our time and our calendar, there's no stopping who we could become. And that's why we're here. We wake up every day and we realize we're not here to take, we're here to give. We're not here to get the most out of life. We're here to give the most to life. We are like daily workers. If a Kaddish Baruch of the Almighty has given us air in our lungs, and our heart is beating in our chest, if we had the privilege and the blessing of waking up this morning, it means we have something yet to do, a contribution yet to make, and we owe Him. We owe Him. We are in debt to Him. We don't deserve to wake up for our arms and legs and our eyes and our ears to be working, to have the opportunities that we have, and when we do, we're not entitled to stay in bed. Imagine you have an employer, and he calls, where are you? Ah, I'm sleeping on the couch. I don't feel like coming to work today. You don't feel like coming to work today. You're going to be fired. You have a job. You have responsibilities. You get a paycheck. You get the paycheck because you're doing work. 
Because you have certain responsibilities. We receive the paycheck every day that we wake up. We have food on our table. We have a roof over our head, a car to drive. We have maybe the greatest blessing, certainly in generations, maybe the most blessed lifestyle, comfortable, free, safe, secure of Jews ever in history. Obviously, minus the Beis HaMikdash that we long for. Our paycheck is the biggest it's ever been. You can't tell the boss, I'm sleeping in. I'm taking the day off. Now, you get days off. And with the Almighty, you don't get days off from davening and halacha, but there is a ben asmanim in life. Sometimes we do need to recreate recreation. We do need to revitalize ourselves. But we have a responsibility. You can't go over your days off. You're going to be dock pay. You can't come late or leave early. Or you're going to be dock pay. You can't give a subpar effort. You can't mail it in or you're going to be fired. The Almighty is our boss. Even though often we feel he works for us, we work for him. Talk to someone in the army. Imagine, the commanding officer says it's time to line up or you have to be on Shmira, you have to go guard or we have, a, we have to go carry out a mission, you say. Eh, I'm tired. I'm sleeping in. I'm taking the day off. I'm binge watching on the couch. You're going to be court-martialed. You can't do that. You're going to be punished. In the army, they minimize the time they take to eat and to sleep because omdim tamid muchanim leiskrav, says the Ramchal. They stand ready all the time to fulfill their mission, to discharge their obligation, to serve their people. And that's the mentality and the attitude that we have to wake up with. We were born not to be lazy, good-for-nothing, oisvarv bums. We were born not to compete with how much sleep we can get or how many ridiculous episodes we could binge watch or how much time we could take off. We're born to make a difference, to contribute, to maximize the gifts that we have, all defined differently for different people, some within the family and some within the community and some changing the world, but all responding and having to report to a higher calling. And if a person accustoms himself in this manner, will find it easier to serve Hashem because we will lack neither the willingness nor the necessary preparations for this. The more you buy into the mission, the less annoying it is or difficult it is or uncomfortable it is, even the sacrifices you make towards that mission. You know, it's amazing. The Siamashas, January 1st, in MetLife Stadium. So if you speak to the leaders of Aguda, aren't you worried? January 1st? It could be a blizzard. It could be five degrees outside. Who knows what's going to be? Alternatively, everyone's invited to the South Florida viewing, which will have a live hookup, where we'll be sitting under palm trees and basking in the beautiful weather. But you know what their response is, and rightfully so? Their calculation is that if people are willing to bundle up, stand in line, barbecue in a parking lot, and sit and watch men throw around a pigskin for a couple of hours and suffer the cold, then for Torah, lahavdil lokol shekein, all the more so, people will be willing to do so. If you look at it, people are crazy. They're crazy. To bundle up, to sit in the cold, to expose yourself to the elements, to potentially get sick for something that you could watch on the couch with the heat on while eating comfortably. Why do people do that? I'm not saying it's normal or justified or encouraged. Why do people do that? Because the more devoted and dedicated you are to something, the more you're willing to suffer and the less you notice that you're suffering. It's not uncomfortable. Tell that same person 
that boss tells the same person, I need you to spend three, four, five hours today, get a good gloves and a good scarf, you're gonna be outside, no way, and I'm not gonna do it, and that's an unfair request, and I can't, and I won't. But for football, <laughs> it's a pleasure. The more devoted and excited we are by something, the more that we're willing to sacrifice and be Moser Nefesh and not even feel it's that. So says the Ramchal, that's the calculation. To what are we devoted? What gets us excited? What energizes us? What do we find most meaningful? And then whatever effort, effort it takes to do it, we barely even notice it because it's so meaningful and it's so natural to do. And that's the premise of the Mishnah and Pirkei Avos, that if we, if we are able to cultivate ourselves, to love Torah, to be drawn to Torah, to feel the satisfaction and fulfillment, if Torah gives us pleasure, infinitely more pleasure, and pleasure touching the infinite than watching some sport, then you won't notice how cold it is. Then you won't notice what you're giving up, how sleep-deprived you are. And therefore the Mishnah says you'd be willing to eat bread and dipped in salt and you'll be willing to drink water and sleep on the ground. Now as an aside, and I mentioned this yesterday, yesterday was the Yeretzad of Rav Meir Shapiro, Zatzal, the founder of the Dafyomi, who was a Rosh Hashiva, a Rav, a member of the Polish Senate, a leader of the Jewish community who introduced the Dafyomi all by the age of 46 when he tragically passed away. His Yeretzad was yesterday. And when he founded Yeshivas Chachmei Lublin, which was the elite the Ivy League of the yeshivas, and really set the standard for yeshivas we have today, he read this Mishnah in Pirkei Avos very differently. Until then, to be in yeshiva, you had to suffer, and you had to beg, and you looked poor, and you were underprivileged, and you were deprived. The yeshiva provided the base medrash, often people slept on the bench, you had to have teg, you ate at somebody's home, that you begged for a meal, and came along with Mayor Shapiro, and he said, Torah can't be, people can't see Torah as for the nebuch, and for the poor and for suffering. Torah is prestigious. Those who are learning Torah, B'nai Torah, are the most prestigious, the most elite, the most dignified. So he built an altogether different yeshiva. Yeshiva Schachmei Lublin had a cafeteria and a dormitory and a beautiful base medrash. And it elevated the image of a, of a ben yeshiva, of a ben Torah. And why did he do that? Because he read this Mishnah differently. And here's how he read it. Unlike what the Ramchal is suggesting, that we should read it that if you really care about Torah, you'll dip bread in salt and you'll just drink water and you'll sleep on the floor because the physical world means nothing. He read it like this. Pas b'melech tochal. Sorry, kachi darka shal Torah. Pas b'melech tochal. Maim m'shur tishteh. Al-ar tishon. Is that the derech of Torah that you have to live with the minimal? The minimum? Is that the derech of Torah that you have to look like a poor beggar? No. A dormitory, a cafeteria, a beautiful base medrash, yeshivas chachmei lublin, kachi darcha shel Torah. You could repunctuate a mishnah and get an altogether different result. Oh, mimafsida hazrizos. One more paragraph. Who rov hapachad vegodel hamora menazman betodos of another factor that can lead to not living that life of zrizos, to not waking up driven and running after our goals, and not noticing what we're giving up or the suffering in the process. Another one is what. Excessive fear and dread. If you're afraid of the discomfort or the inconvenience or the pain or the suffering, then it's going to prevent you from achieving whatever goal. But if you're dedicated and devoted to that goal, then anything you're giving up in the process of achieving it is part of the pleasure of when you finally arrive. Quotes Mishlei. Thus says the, the Atzal, the lazy, indolent person, a lion is on the road. A lion lays in wait 
in the streets. The lazy person says, I'm not going outside. Are you crazy? Do you know what dangers and threats there are? I'm just going to lie on my couch. But the person who lives with alacrity says, I have no fear. I have a goal and I'm going to pursue it with abandon, not reckless abandon. I'm going to pursue it, understanding those threats and navigating around them. But I'll never live in fear. I'll never live in anxiety. I'll never recoil and not be able to pursue and achieve my goals. Amir Tisham will continue with this next week.